Daniel was a man of prayer. Today, we're gonna end this series with a very special message that's just about prayer. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, go to plainfieldchristian.com. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Uh, It's great to see you today. My name is Riley. I'm one of the ministers here at the church. Uh, So I love Plainfield Christian Church. I've been at Plainfield Christian Church basically my whole life. I consider you like my family. So I want to share some exciting news with you. Uh, It's old news. I think some of you know, but I want everybody to know. So about six weeks ago, my wife Kayla and I welcomed our firstborn. Got some pictures here to show you. His name is Johnny. Yeah, yeah. He looks like me. He's very cute, I know. Um, Next picture. Uh, He has a lot of hair, but he does not have a beard, I promise. Um, People ask me that all the time, so I got to say it. But uh, yeah, he eats good. He sleeps good. Kayla's feeling good. We've got a lot to be thankful for. I just want to say thanks to everybody that's been praying for us and encouraging us. Uh, The reason I say all this is, you know, I grew up here at the church. I know that this church has changed my life, and I'm just so thankful that I get to raise my family here too. So thanks for letting us be a part of this. That had nothing to do with the message. Just love my kid and uh, yeah, wanted to show him off. So thanks for letting me do that. Okay, so let's dive into the message. For the last several weeks, we've been studying the book of Daniel and Daniel's a pretty cool book. The basic story of the book is that Daniel grew up in a city called Jerusalem. And when he was a young man, this city was conquered by the Babylonian empire. So Daniel and some of his friends were carried off to Babylon as captives. And they were educated there and they were tasked with serving the rulers of Babylon. They were administrators and wise men and different things like that. So, um, you know, throughout the book of Daniel, we see God provide for Daniel and his friends during some really difficult circumstances. We also see God's power. He regularly proved his power to the kings of Babylon. And they were at that time, the most powerful men in the world. Another, that we, another thing that we see in this book is the character of Daniel and his friends. They always stayed faithful to God in the midst of whatever circumstances. And along those lines, one of the things that really came out of this book during this series is prayer. When our preaching team was planning this series, I don't think we planned to talk about prayer as much as we did. It's just something that happened, and that's because Daniel was a man of prayer. It was a huge part of his life. There's a couple stories I wanna remind you of. In Daniel chapter two, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was at that time the king of Babylon, had a dream. And he was really troubled by this dream. So he asked all of his wise men to interpret this dream. Well, none of them could. And he was so angry that he he ordered that every wise man in all of Babylon be put to death. Well, what did Daniel and his friends do? They prayed. And that night, God gave Daniel a vision that allowed him to interpret that dream. And when he went to the king and interpreted his dream, he was in place in charge of all of Babylon and he and his friends were saved from death. So pretty awesome story. Later in Daniel, in Daniel chapter six, there was another king, his name was Darius. And Darius came up with this crazy law where people could only pray to him for 30 days. Well, what do you think Daniel went home and did? He prayed to God. The story actually says that Daniel faced Jerusalem and prayed to God three times a day, every day. Well, King Darius eventually found out and he was forced to punish Daniel, even though he loved him. So he threw Daniel into a pit of hungry lions. The next morning they came back and obviously they expected Daniel to be dead, 
but he was still alive. God had sent an angel to shut the mouth of that lion. So all this stuff happened because of prayer. Daniel was a man of prayer. I'm sure you remember hearing Luke say this throughout our series. Daniel had significant spiritual power because he had sustained spiritual practices. So this is our last week of the Daniel series. Next week is Easter. We've got a special sermon planned for you. So here's the issue. We have preached through seven chapters of Daniel so far, but there are 12 chapters in the book of Daniel. I have not smart enough and we do not have enough time to preach through five chapters in 25 minutes. So here's what we're gonna do. Daniel was a man of prayer. Today, we're gonna end this series with a very special message that's just about prayer. We're gonna spend most of our time in Daniel chapter nine. And this is a really interesting and unique story because we get to see the inner workings of one of Daniel's prayers. We're gonna see why Daniel prayed, how he prayed, what he prayed, and then we're gonna see how God responds. You know, key was a prayer to so, sorry, prayer was a key to so much of Daniel's success and we believe that it could be a key to your success too. So let's open the Bible to Daniel chapter nine. I'm gonna start reading in verse one and the words are also gonna be on the screen. So this is why Daniel prayed. Let's start reading. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So this is the situation in the story. Daniel had served the Babylonian kings for many years. And Babylon had just gotten a new king. His name was Darius. And right after Darius came into power, Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah. This is the same book of Jeremiah that we have in our Bible. And Daniel realized as he was reading that God told Jeremiah that the Jewish captivity in Babylon would last 70 years. So I'm gonna look back at my notes because I've got some dates I wanna share with you. Here's why this is significant. Daniel and his friends were taken from Jerusalem to Babylon in 605 BC. Darius became king of Babylon in 539 BC. So Daniel had lived in Babylon for around 66 years. And he made this connection. He said, well, God told Jeremiah we'd be here 70 years and I've been here 66 years. So maybe this will all be over soon. Maybe we will finally be able to get to go home. And that brings us to the first thing that we can learn from Daniel's prayer life. We're gonna call this our first prayer tip for the day. Daniel's prayer was inspired by scripture. And one of the things I want you to know today is that our prayers can be inspired by the Bible as well. And there's a couple different ways. There's a great book on prayer called Extreme Prayer. It's written by a man named Greg Pruitt. He's the president of Pioneer Bible Translators. If you wanna learn more about prayer, this is one of the books that I would recommend. So in this book, one of the things Greg talks about is prayers that are blank checks. He says, these are prayers that God promises to, promises to answer. We just have to pray them. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good deal, right? Well, do you know how we know what promises God will answer? The Bible. The Bible actually contains thousands of promises. And we can ask God to fulfill many of these promises in our lives. And that's what Daniel did. You know, Daniel prayed for his people because of the prayer, promise that God had made to Jeremiah. I wanna share some of these promises with you that we can pray, but before I do that, I wanna clarify one thing. I do not believe that God promises that everybody will be wealthy. 
I do not believe that God promises that everybody will be healthy. You know, there are plenty of characters in the Bible that were not wealthy or healthy. That being said, there are many things that God does promise. Here are some examples. This is what James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So you can ask God for wisdom in life's most difficult circumstances and he will give that to you. This is what 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So no matter what you've done, God will forgive you and he will change your heart. And this is the last one I wanna to share today. This is what Jesus said. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And that doesn't just mean that if we say in Jesus name, amen, at the end of every prayer, it's gonna happen. What that means is if we ask God to do something for the sake of his glory, he will answer that prayer. So that's one way we can use the Bible as we pray. We can pray the promises of scripture, but there's another way. This might be a funny question to ask in a sermon about prayer, but you know, has, has anybody ever had an experience where they just couldn't pray? I mean, I know have, I have. There, there are times in life where we are so stricken with grief, we are so angry, where we just don't have the words to say. I think there are times where we deal with situations where we just can't even think of what to pray. Well, in those situations, we can let the Bible pray for us. There are a lot of different prayers written in the Bible. And there's a whole book of the Bible called the book of Psalms. It's got 150 chapters. And all of these are just different prayers. And there's prayers for every situation. There are prayers of thanksgiving that we can pray when we're happy. There are prayers for protection and provision. There are prayers for mourning. So there's a prayer for every one of life's situations in the book of Psalms. My encouragement to you is when you just don't know what to pray, open your Bible to the book of Psalms and begin to read and just see what you're led to pray. Let those words be your prayers. So now we're gonna move on. We're gonna continue reading. That's the why behind Daniel's prayer. Now I wanna look specifically at how Daniel prayed. And this time we're just gonna read verse three. This is what it says. So I turned to the Lord God and pleased him with prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. So that's the second tip from Daniel's prayer life. Daniel fasted as he prayed. I thought a lot about fasting recently. Um, and that's because I've got a lot of Muslim friends around the world, people that I met when I was in college or on different travels. And right now, Muslims are fasting from sunup to sundown every day for a month. It's their holy month of Ramadan. And this has gotten me kind of thinking, you know, why aren't Christians known for fasting too? Or I guess I should say, why are Christians in our part of the world not known for fasting? Because other Christians in other parts of the world, they do it a lot. Um, I think one of the reasons that we're not really known for fasting is because we have freedom in that area. You know, God doesn't really tell us we have to fast on these days or at these times. Now, that being said, there are plenty of examples in the Bible of when people do fast. And Daniel is one of those examples. One of the things I love about Daniel's prayer here is that it's not just a spiritual exercise. He really involved his whole body in his prayer. You know, he fasted from food and he might've fasted from drink as well. The story also says that he put on a sackcloth, which was like a loincloth made of goat or camel hair, obviously not very stylish or comfortable. Um, he also covered himself in ashes. 
And in his culture, that was a sign of mourning. That's something you would have normally done at a funeral. So Daniel was so concerned with his prayer that his physical necessities faded into the background. And I think that's what we're saying when we fast as well. We're saying, God, my priorities are not important. My needs are not important. I cannot do anything according to my own strength. You are the only one that can do this. I find it really interesting that Daniel chose to pray with this level of intensity. Daniel was a very powerful man in Babylon. He probably had direct access to King Darius. He could have gone to him and said, oh, great king, please reward me for my service. Let me and my people return to Jerusalem. But he didn't do that. As far as we know, all Daniel did was pray. That's the only action he took. So for some reason, Daniel thought that only God could solve this problem. So here's the challenge I wanna make to you. If you're dealing with a difficult situation or if God has put something big on your heart, take a day to fast or even a few days to fast as you pray and just see what the Lord does. And the only thing I'd ask of you is if God answers your prayer, just let me know because I'd really love to celebrate with you. So that's how Daniel prayed. Now we're gonna move on to what Daniel prayed. We're gonna read Daniel's prayer. And before I start reading, I wanna warn you, this is a relatively long prayer, so hang in here with me. This is what Daniel says, starting in verse four. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered in shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you've scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered in shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Now I'm going to skip to verse 15 for the sake of time. Now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned. We have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servants. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our Lord, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because of your city and your people bear your name. That's a pretty deep prayer. There's a lot of different things that we could unpack there. I wanna focus in on one specific area of this prayer. So I'm gonna read a few things to you again. Here's what Daniel said when he talked about his people. He said, we have sinned. We have been wicked. We have turned away from your commands. We did not listen to the prophets. We are covered in shame. So we've studied Daniel's life for the last six weeks. And I think during that time, we've gotten to know him fairly well. 
Well, knowing what we know, does this sound anything like Daniel? Was Daniel a sinful or wicked man? No, he absolutely wasn't. We know that nobody was perfect, but Daniel was a pretty good guy. He was pretty faithful to God. And there's a couple lessons in there. This is not a point about prayer, but uh, I I do want to share this. This is a, a quick comment about Daniel's character as a leader. Daniel took responsibility for a problem that he didn't create. When he prayed about his people's sin, he said, we have sinned, not they have sinned. And, you know, Daniel, he was a very holy man. He wasn't sinful like the rest of his people. And, you know, he also prayed for the sins of his ancestors. Daniel wasn't even alive when they messed things up, but he still took responsibility for their sin. And I believe that there are some situations in life where we need to follow that example and take responsibility for things that aren't our fault. You know, there may be a situation with a family member where they've messed up and you need to step in and help them. There might be a situation at your work, maybe in this church, in our community, in this country, where as opposed to casting blame, it would be best for you to be a part of the solution. There's another lesson about prayer here. This is the third prayer tip from Daniel's life. Daniel's prayer appealed to God's mercy, not his own goodness. So when Daniel prayed, he talked about how bad his people were. You know, we are sinful, we are wicked. But he talked about the goodness of God. Here's some of the things that he said about God. God keeps his covenant of love. God is righteous. God is merciful and forgiving. The reason that Daniel does that is because God does not answer prayers because we are good. He answers prayers because he is good. And this is one of the things that's really crucial for our understanding of prayer. It's very easy to get into a mindset where we think, well, man, I'm a pretty good guy. You know, I go to church every week. God should answer my prayers. That's not the way things work. You know, prayer isn't like a bank account where if you put enough in, then you can take something out. This is what Jesus says about prayer. This is from Matthew 7. He said, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, this should really give us a lot of hope. If you're here today thinking, man, I have messed up. God wants nothing to do with me. Know that that is not true. God answers prayers because he is good. He wants to hear from you. And another thing, you know, if you're sitting here today thinking, man, I don't know how to pray. I haven't prayed in forever. That's okay. You know, it's not about the way that you pray or how often you pray. God answers prayers because he is good. So just reach out to him. So that's the end of Daniel's prayer. Let's see how God responds. We're gonna start reading again in verse 20. It says, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in an earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So before I read what Gabriel says to Daniel, I want to focus on one of the things that he said to Daniel. Gabriel told Daniel that he was highly esteemed. 
Now I'm reading from the New International Version translation of the Bible, but there are other translations like the English Standard Version that instead of saying highly esteemed, they say, Daniel, you are greatly loved. And I think that's probably a better translation of this phrase. What I want you to know today is that you are greatly loved by God too. And that's another key to really understanding prayer. There's a lot of people who think that prayer is something that you do to get closer to God. And that is true to a certain extent. There's also a lot of people who think that prayer will result from just more discipline, that if you just do it more, you'll have a better prayer life. And there are certain situations where we need to be more disciplined. But here's the thing about prayer. We can talk about it all day. We can read about it all day. We can share prayer requests as often as we want. But man, at the end of the day, prayer is something that you've got to do. And it's really hard to do, especially every day, if it's something that you just don't like or it's something that your heart's not into. What I want you to know is that prayer is not just a way to get closer to God. Truly fulfilling prayer is a result of knowing how close God is to you. When we learn that God loves us, listens to us, and really does answer some of our prayers, prayer becomes so much easier. You know, this might be kind of cliche, but it's, it's kind of like when you're in love with somebody for the first time. You want to be with that person all the time. You want to tell them about your day every day. You want to celebrate with them when something good happens. When something bad happens, you want them to comfort you. It's kind of like that. When we understand how much God loves us and how close he is to us, prayer becomes easy. So now I want to tell you how God answered Daniel's prayer. This is what Gabriel says to Daniel, starting in verse 23. Gabriel said, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the time word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So as I was reading this, some of you are like, well, I hope God doesn't answer my prayers like that. <laughs> uh, truth be told, when I, uh, told that I, when I was told that I was gonna preach on this, I was like, oh man, that, that, that's not the one I wanted to preach on. Give me Daniel's in the lion's den. Um, so anyway, I wanna take another break from talking about prayer and I wanna explain this prophecy. It's really cool and it's just too good to pass up. So the prophecy starts out by saying, from the time word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. There was a man named Ezra and he was a priest and he lived in Babylon, but he returned to Jerusalem in 458 BC. And he was there around the time the rebuilding of Jerusalem began. So after this, the prophecy says there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. We believe that each of these sevens is seven years. 
So seven plus 62 is 69, and 69 times seven is 483. So that gives us 483 years in this prophecy. If we start at 458 BC, when Ezra returned to Jerusalem and add 483 years, that brings us to 25 AD. Well, do you know what happened right after 25 AD? Jesus' ministry began. The prophecy says, after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death. And by the way, anointed one means Messiah. So we know that Jesus, the Messiah was put to death and he died on the cross and rose from the dead for the sins of the whole world. And Jesus, uh, Jesus fulfilled other parts of this prophecy too. He said, the prophecy says, uh, Jesus brought about everlasting righteousness. He confirmed a covenant and he put an end to the sacrifice and offering through his own sacrifice on the cross. There's a lot of other areas that we could talk about with this prophecy. That's not the whole story, but here's the main thing I want you to know. Our God is real. The Bible is true. God always keeps his promises. So now let's go back to prayer. This is how God responded to Daniel's prayer. He gave them this promise. And he said that one day the anointed one would come. And we know that that's a good thing. I mean, obviously Jesus coming to the world was the best thing that ever happened to humanity. So this is an amazing prophecy, but you know, it's kind of funny because it's not an exact answer to Daniel's prayer. Daniel had lived in Babylon for 66 years and he was praying that he and his people would be able to go home. Well, there is 81 years between the day that Daniel received this prophecy and the time that Ezra returned to Jerusalem. And beyond that, there would be 500 years before Jesus finally came into the world and ultimately fulfilled this prophecy. So here's the question I wanna close with. What do we do when God doesn't answer our prayers? Or what do we do when God doesn't answer our prayers exactly the way we think he should? Or what do we do when God doesn't answer our prayers with perfect timing, at least what we think is perfect timing. My guess is that's something that some of you have been thinking from the very moment we said prayer. Man, this is garbage. God doesn't answer my prayers. Or, man, I've been praying for something for 20 years. What am I supposed to do? So to close, I'd like to take us to the last chapter of Daniel. Uh, that way we can say we have preached through the whole book of Daniel. Uh, <laughs> So in this chapter, God reveals another prophecy to Daniel. And Daniel responds by saying, well, what does this mean? When is this gonna happen? And here's what God says to Daniel in chapter 12, verse 13. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of days, you will rise and receive your allotted inheritance. That's the last verse of the book of Daniel. So the book of Daniel ends with a promise, but it's really not the promise Daniel prayed for. I really wish that I could tell you Daniel had a storybook ending and that he got to go back to Jerusalem. But as far as we know, Daniel died in Babylon. The hard truth about prayer is that some of our prayers will not be answered, at least the way we think they should. I could tell you why I think prayer works this way. Obviously today we've talked about some tips for a deeper prayer life, but the truth is at the end of the day, there's just some level of mystery to prayer. We can't totally explain the way that God works. Here is something that we can know for sure. Your situation in life does not reflect God's love for you. Daniel was enslaved. He lived his entire life around people that did not share his values. His life was threatened on multiple occasions. But we see here that God told Daniel, you are greatly loved.
And what I want you to know is that you are greatly loved in spite of life circumstances. I actually think the last verse of Daniel is a really appropriate ending to the book because it's about being faithful no matter what happens. And that's really the whole purpose of the book of Daniel. So if you're here sitting today thinking, well, God, what's gonna happen? Are you gonna answer my prayer? This is what I think God would say to you. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And at the end of days, you will rise and receive your allotted inheritance. And that's the last prayer tip from Daniel's life. Don't give up before your time comes. We've spent a lot of time talking about prayer today. So to close, I just wanna pray for you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for answering many of our prayers. Lord, you are faithful. And I pray that you would give us the faith to trust you more in spite of life's circumstances. God, I thank you for Daniel's life. I thank you for the things that we've learned from him over the last several weeks. But Lord, I do pray that you bless everybody in this room. I pray that you would respond to their prayers. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. I say this in the name of Jesus, amen. Oh, 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 o